0: Two
1: out of three falls. Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report. My man, how you doing?
0: Doing good, Randy. Excited for Royal Rumble season. Coming
1: up next week. How you doing, dude? Uh, doing good, man. Doing good. As you mentioned, Royal Rumble, I think, is uh, a week and a half away. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Raw, SmackDown, injuries, uh, Raw 25, Legends, all that good stuff. So... Uh, I do want to start off where last week the show we had between me, uh, me, you, and Mark Ramondi from MMAFighting.com. Um, I, I think the day after, the news came down that pa- uh, that Paige was injured um, at a house show at the Nassau Coliseum back in late December. Um, and then word came down that it, it might cost her a career. So uh, people online and the blogs and everywhere were saying that, um, her career in a WWE is over. She was on Raw uh, earlier this week, I, I, I guess looking to be in good spirits uh, during the, the Absolution match. She, she did not wrestle. She's out of the Royal Rumble, but that's all we have now. But there's no clear, definitive, you know, from her, like, yes, my career is over and all that stuff. So, uh, what do we know now about the injury? and if the reports of her career being over is, in fact, 100% true.
0: Yeah, I think it hit the nail right on the head. I mean, we don't know much. As of right now, she suffered the injury late last month, which has put her out of action ever since. Um, It was believed that it was only going to be a minor injury, that she'd be back hopefully before the Rumble. Obviously not the case. Uh, They confirmed on Monday night that they had a smash after all, which is a shame. Um, but yeah, like you said, neither Paige or WWE have come out about the fact that her she might be officially retired. We really don't know for sure yet. I'm not sure if we'll ever really know in the next couple of weeks or if they're just, it's a wait-and-see approach. I'm not really sure myself. I mean, obviously, selfishly speaking, I hope that she's not. I'm sure a lot of people said the same thing. It would suck for her career to be over in WWE. Mm. At only 25 years of age, she just came back a few weeks ago with Absolution. She's been red-hot, white-hot with Absolution. She's been uh, riding a huge wave of momentum. It would be super disappointing if she had to stop right now wrestling, not only just getting injured, but stop wrestling altogether. I mean, I guess she can go elsewhere and wrestle wherever she wants, but it's not WWE, so would she wrestle elsewhere? I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, it was super saddening news. I hope it's not the case. Um, though a number of major wrestling websites, such as PW Insider and Pro Wrestling She, picked up on it, which are usually pretty credible sources. So, believe it. It seems like it is true. Uh, WWE or Paige, neither of them have come forward saying it. It is true or it's not true. So it's really a time will tell situation. But it's uh, disappointing all around, though.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's very disappointing, very unfortunate. Um, she she just returned not too long ago, and um, you know, me, me, you, and Mark were even talking about <laughs> her being champion by the Rumble or being in the Rumble and going on to WrestleMania or even being a champion at WrestleMania. And now this unfortunate injury happens, and it's like, click, boom, she could be out uh for for a whole career but now when you mention <clears throat> when you mention that her career in in this company is over she might be able to wrestle somewhere else and again it, 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 you know it goes back to Danny Bryan where you know the 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 company won't clear him but if he wants to wrestle with New Japan or, or Ring of Honor you know they'll let him wrestle so i mean i i don't know if it's her her career is over like in general regardless of what um Regardless of what company she works for, depending on how crazy the injury is, we just don't know that 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 part right now. But uh, she was she was riding high on on a high streak. We're talking about her against Oscar or Alexa Bliss at a WrestleMania, winning the, the the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match, and now we get the injury. But we still are like. Kind of left in the dark of you know what's you know what's going to happen next, how definitive that injury is, and and if it doesn't go her way, what can she be able to do going forward?
0: If she can't get physical, the very least she can do is to continue to serve as a manager in the meantime for Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. I mean, both women are works in progress, and so far it's been—I don't want to say a success. They've only been around for two months, but Deville and Rose are infinitely better. Um, in all respects, in in the ring, and the mic, whatever, than they were when they first showed up without Paige a few months ago. So continuing that angle with Paige serving as their manager for the time being is the best way to keep her relevant and on TV. Once that runs its course, which it will inevitably, what else do you do with her? Is she a commentator? Does she work behind the scenes? Mm -hmm. I would think she works behind the scenes and maybe even goes to NXT to serve as a trainer. I I remember Uh, Sarah Amato, Sarah Del Rey, was one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. And she didn't have her career cut short the same way that Paige did. Um, But when she came over to NXT in, I think, 2012, she did wonders for the women's division over there. So maybe Paige can kind of follow in her footsteps and work down there. Obviously, it's an unfortunate situation, and being around wrestling won't really help her cause any. Um, Like with Daniel Bryan. I know Daniel Bryan had said something similar two years ago when his um retirement came at mm. the hands of WWE and he said he could not be around wrestling for a long time because he didn't want to be reminded of something he loved so much that he can't do anymore. And Adam and Page is in a similar spot where she's going to leave the company and wrestle elsewhere like Daniel Bryan wants to because she has a neck injury. Daniel Bryan has concussion issues. There's a big difference there. Um, I think the neck thing is a lot much more is a lot serious, a lot more serious in my opinion. So if she can't wrestle anymore the news is true. They'll find a different role for her in the company. She is a very valuable asset, but like you said, it is disappointing and unfortunate that she can't compete anymore. If the news is true that her retirement is uh, official,
1: yeah, I, I I just don't think you know this is you know any storyline kind of thing because we like we, you know we've seen it with Daniel Bryan, we've seen it I, I, you know back in the day we all thought Shawn Michaels was you know done with his you know lost my smile speech and he was doing all kind of flippity stuff <laughs> two months after and you know with the back injury and we didn't see Sean till four years later and uh just very unfortunate for someone who's this young 25 years old uh doing what she loves to do and then it, it gets taken away from her off a of, uh freaking a freak accident freak injury uh but again we're still not saying Paige is you know done uh we're just hoping that Maybe things get a little overblown and there's there's still a chance that she can get back in the ring. But if not, uh, it's very sad and very unfortunate. But I know she can uh, be very serviceable in other roles. of the manager, commentator, her being a commentator on Raw, SmackDown or, or NXT would, would be uh, just fine for me. So, you know, they even had Beth Phoenix doing the commentary on the Mixed Match Challenge last night. And, you know, getting more women you know, acclimated to that role will, will be something great for uh, for for them and for us fans. So, um but let's just hope that you know the the, the reports are a little overblown. But we did see her on Raw uh, on Monday. Now, speaking of Raw, Graham, you got to help me out. Um This whole Braun Strowman thing. Uh, <laughs> first of all, he wants to tell a story, and then he's he said, "I do what I want when I want, whatever." And Kurt Angle says, hey, listen, you know, again, paraphrasing, you, you're not going to do what you want when you want because you're fired. And then um, when, when he said you're, you're, you're out, you're out of the title match uh, at the Rumble. So at that point, at like 8, 8.05, it's now Kane and Brock Lesnar for the universal title at the Rumble. And Braun gets fired. He goes on a tirade in and out the the backstage. Um and the, the production truck. And, and like an hour later, he's rehired by Stephanie McMahon, which I did not even see but I heard. Uh, he's now back in the triple threat match at, at the Royal Rumble. And my point is, my question to you, Graham, is what was the point of him doing all of this If you're not going to let the storyline play out at least to one more week or at least to the Royal Rumble where us fans at home could have that suspension of disbelief. Like, hey, maybe Braun is not, you know, going to be in this triple threat match. Maybe Braun is, quote unquote, really fired. Maybe Braun's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Uh, uh, next Sunday and has has to win the Rumble to fight Brock or Kane, whoever, at WrestleMania, but why just kill the story within an hour by Stephanie McMahon telling Kurt Angle rehire him, put the uh the initial match back on, he's flipping over trucks, and it's like, what was the point of him doing all of that?
0: Was it a dumb storyline? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did they have the payoff a bit sooner than they should have? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to look at the positives, I thought it was very well done. Because I said this on Twitter, people will disagree if they want to. Mm -hmm. You can't disagree if they want to. I think he's the closest thing that we have right now to a stone-cold Steve Austin. Now, he's not going out there and drinking beer, nor should he. But he's the closest thing we have right now to a rebellious baby face that doesn't take any shit from anyone. Now, you knew that he wasn't actually fired. You knew we weren't getting Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar versus Kane at the Rumble one-on-one. Now, this company can be cruel. Mm. They're not that cruel to give us Brock Lesnar and Kane one-on-one at the Rumble. It's just not going to happen. So thankfully, that was not the case.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Um, but they have dragged it out another week in Raw 25. Absolutely. The end game, the end result of this angle was never going to change. Strowman was going to be, quote-unquote, rehired and then put back in the match. And the fact that he you know, threatened to terrorize the entire company until he was put back in the match... Was it dumb? Yeah, I mean, it was It was completely stupid. We've seen worse on TV, but it was dumb. But again, looking at the positive, um, I thought the whole thing was very well done with Strowman wreaking havoc going into the production truck. We saw Kevin Dunn there for a second, unfortunately. He didn't attack Kevin Dunn. He should have. He didn't, though. Um, he, he tipped over a semi-truck. He attacked Michael Cole. It was great. I mean, I think the, the biggest takeaway here... In the, you gotta look at the big, the, the big picture, and, and the, you know, in the smaller picture, was the angle stupid? Yeah, it served no purpose on an episode of Raw. It was extremely stupid. It was illogical. But mm. looking at the bigger picture here, the guy is so fucking over right now yeah. that they should be putting the championship on him. Will they? They won't. No, they won't. But they should, um, given how over this guy is at the moment, based on what I saw on Monday night. Now we had the same momentum going into his last championship match at No Mercy. And they didn't pull the trigger then. They won't pull the trigger now. Um, But it is worth noting how over this guy is at the moment with attacks like that. And the guy has been doing stuff like this for the past year now on people like Roman Reigns and Kane and everyone else in the Raw roster, really decimating and dominating everyone else in sight. Um, But it has yet to get old. Him wrecking people and just completely annihilating the entire Raw roster and anyone else who steps in his path of destruction, it has yet to get old. And as of right now, the guy is the, probably the most over person in the company, not named AJ Styles. Um, so I would put the championship on him. I know that really wasn't your question. The, the storyline was dumb. I agree. <laughs> Just saying, Strowman is super over right now, and they should put the championship on him, but I know they won't come to Royal Rumble.
1: Listen, I don't mind him you know, wreaking havoc and doing this and doing that. What I did like was that you know, usually when you have – Something that happens in, in in the first segment, you don't see that person or those people, you know, later on. Like a Brock Lesnar, with, with, you know, they can say Brock is coming on Raw, he'd do his promo with Paul Heyman at eight o five, and then you don't see Brock the remainder of the night. What I did like was that you they kept weaving in the Braun Strowman storyline, you know, after the match, uh, when they come back from commercial, they kept, you know, it was a a, a thread. Throughout at least the first hour, hour and a half. Now, my thing is, I could ask: Is our, is most wrestling fans' uh, attention span too small, too short now? Where we got to get paid off the 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 angle so quick? Where yeah, nobody nobody's gonna believe Kane and Brock is gonna be one on one at the Rumble. But for next week. Braun can, quote unquote, still be fired. We don't know what's going to happen. And then you rehire him at the Royal Rumble. And they say later on tonight, Braun will be back into the tri- the triple threat match uh, of for, uh, for the title and then do it like that. Why do everything? Why kill your angle within an hour and a half? And when, that, when Stephanie says Braun is hired back, then it's like, okay, now what? That, you know, that's my point. Why why just kill your angle within the same show?
0: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it, that might have something to do with it, where the attention span of fans nowadays is so short. I mean, this isn't the first time that something like this has happened, where no. you get a payoff to an angle literally within a week or two, <laughs> uh, with something much bigger than this, because people don't want to wait. People will complain, oh, that was so dumb, it made no sense. This made no sense, but I'm talking about with other angles. Mm -hmm. Where people will complain um, that, oh, we didn't get a payoff, blah, 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 and stuff like that, because they don't want to wait. Like, with certain things, like, "Ah, I don't know, this guy loses, but we don't yet know if he's going to get his win back, so people just jump all over WWE for making the wrong booking decision. And more often than not, they do. They do the wrong thing. Um, but in this case, they would have benefited from stretching it out by at least another hour. Like, it wasn't even until, it wasn't even the fact they didn't wait until next week to pay this off. They waited maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> they didn't even wait until the end of the show. They only waited like an hour to do this. They waited until like 9.30 Eastern time to rehire Braun Strowman. They didn't even wait until like right before the ending segment, the closing segment of the show, which kind of blew my mind. So I think you got – Yeah, I think you hit the nail right in the head there, Randy, where – Um, I think the attention span of fans nowadays is so short where I feel like they thought that they needed to blow this off as soon as possible so people did not get bored or sick of the angle. Um, Maybe that's the reasoning behind why they did what they did, but um, either way, again, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the – it it, it got people talking. The fact that we're talking about it right now is what they wanted, whether Mm -hmm. we agreed with it or not. They wanted to get people talking for the right reasons. And we're talking about Braun Strowman. Like I said, the guy is the talk of the town. He's been the most buzzworthy wrestler for WWE in probably the last year. So again, which is to me, looking at the bigger picture, why they should put the championship on him right now? Which I know they won't, but I'm just saying why they should.
1: Hey, whatever he was doing, like you know, like you said, it, it definitely had people talking uh, online on, on, on these podcasts and. You know, if you look at the numbers of of the the hour breakdown, which I'm looking at right now for Raw, I guess whatever he was doing was working because overall, uh, I think Raw drew 3.25 million viewers the the first time it's been like that since the Survivor series. So uh, I think over 3.5 in the first hour, 3.3 in in hour number two, but then you get 2.8 in hour three. So I'm not saying that, you know. Braun was destroying hours one and two, and then when the, when the thing was paid off, people stopped watching. It just the fact that Ross, sh- you know, still should not be three hours, but that's a different story. But, um, I, at the, at the, you know, the bottom line is it was something a little new. Um, you know, they could have done some things how they did with the Stone Cold back in the day, but, you know, um, Again, it, it was definitely something new uh, to look forward to, at least for the first two hours. You know, what else can he do? How many security guards is he going to flip over and stuff like that? But once the angle was paid off, it was like, uh, really? But um, anything else from Raw besides that that I'm missing because I'm going right to SmackDown?
0: No, dude, we got to talk about what happened at the end. I mean, Raw this week I thought was good. Okay. Um, but in addition to the Braun Strowman stuff, how can we not talk about the return of the curb stomp? Um, oh, you're right. Calling. You're
1: right. My bad. Uh, yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> So cur- in your curb stomp or the blackout is what they're calling it. I know I forgot something. The curb stomp comes back, and I think even if you look at the, the video or, or the gif, the gif, whatever it's called, that when, when Seth Rollins does it, I think he's even shocked that it came back like oh i i just did that like maybe i wasn't supposed to but um it was the one-on-one match with finn balor uh, he does the curb stomp and the crowd goes crazy and everything and seth wins um how how shocked are you that the move is back and, and is there a reason why that this uh particular move is now back in the hands of seth rollins
0: That's a good question, and which is why I'm excited to find out next weekend Raw, which is Mm -hmm. I feel like why they did it. Right. Exactly why they did it, to make people question, why is it back? Is Seth Rollins going heel? Is Finn Balor going heel? Balor sold that thing like a sham. Well, first of all, the move should not have been banned in the first place. The whole concussion thing was a dumbass excuse. The only real reason why they banned it in the first place for people unaware, and Rollins has said it himself, was that I think Rollins was on, like, Good Morning America or something like that, soon after winning the WWE Championship for WrestleMania 31, I guess it would have been three years ago. Mm. Um, and there were clips of him doing the curb stomp. And I guess in Vince's mind, people were like, kids will reenact the move, and it's not appropriate, and the name has the bad connotation to it, despite the fact he'd been doing the move for like years by that point. Only then did Vince realize that it had a bad name, or that kids were reenacted, or whatever. So they, they changed the move. And he had the pedigree, and now he has the knee, or whatever it's called. Um, but anyway, uh, I think the, the fact of bringing back the move is great. I think there has been something missing from the Seth Rollins character for a long time. Now, baby face, heel, it doesn't matter. That move helped define Seth Rollins for a long time. You can hit it out of nowhere. You can't really do the same thing with that knee that he was doing before. Um, and like you said, the reaction from Rollins, not only the fans, but even Jason Jordan, the side it was like, holy shit, he just did the move. Yeah. <laughs> great payoff, and... It's one of those things where I feel like they should have saved it for a bigger stage, like either the Rumble or WrestleMania. I know RJ and I might have brought it up here on the show before um, where I was hoping that he would bring back the Curve Stomp or WrestleMania last year because for a long time, he'd been doing the pedigree. And, like, I was hoping that, it, like, he would hit the pedigree on Triple H or WrestleMania and Triple H would kick out and then he would hit him with, like, the the Curve Stomp out of nowhere and it would be like, holy shit, the move is back and that's his old finisher again. Um, Obviously not the case, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm I'm glad he brought the move back. What it means for Rollins, I'm not sure, which is, again, why I'm excited to find out on Raw next week um, what it might mean for Balor. And, again, Balor sold it like a champ, and it it seemed like he was concussed afterwards. I'm sure that's not the actual case, and he was just selling. Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept the camera on him for as long as they did. Um, Will they play up injury issues with Balor? Like, I'm not sure where they're going with this, which is why I'm excited to find that. So I loved it. It was a great finish to the show, and it's exactly what Rollins needs right now.
1: You know, it's two things. Um, one is it, going back to, to, to Braun, but I, I'll stay on Seth real quick. Um, you know, you you just mentioned, you know, you know, <laughs> and I I started laughing when you mentioned it that they should have saved the curb stomp return for like a WrestleMania for this, and Graham, they don't they don't save nothing for these events no more it's like we can like the curbstone yeah. absolutely should have been done like, at, even at the Royal Rumble it could have been done at a Wrestlemania it could have been you know or these two people should have fought at a Wrestlemania not a, not a, a battleground or, or a Raw Smackdown it just they don't and I don't I don't think we'll ever know why but it's like the payoff has to be today it has to be tomorrow it has to be a Monday Night Raw it could have been it could have been the 25th anniversary of Raw next week you know, it could have been a bigger deal next week, but now it's like, uh, they don't save nothing no more. I don't think they uh, will ever get back to that because the, the the attention span or everything has to be done so quick. And you know, with the advent of the network and the fact that you know, the the glory days of pay-per-view are not there no more. Like, I got to spend my money to see Seth Rollins, who might bring back the curb stomp at this pay-per-view, and I got to spend money. Now, just like, you know, I can watch the network and, and do, do whatever I want, you know, whenever I want. So uh, I definitely agree that the, the move, one, I'm glad the move is back. I mean, it, the move don't matter to me. It, it, it definitely matters to a whole bunch of other people, but it's like, Seth Rollins doing the pedigree It was like, eh, you, know, you know, Seth needs needed his own finishing move. And I'm still shocked when you said three years ago that the curb stunt was, was removed. And I'm like, wow, three years ago, like three WrestleMania 31 and Reigns and Rock, and, and Brock thirteen three years ago, Graham? like, where's time going?
0: <laughs> I know, dude. It's been almost three years since I think I joined you and Arden Franklin for your first WrestleMania review show or preview show, I think it was. Wow. That's so how long I've been talking to you now. And it's, again, it doesn't feel like it's been three years. And we were previewing that WrestleMania I just mentioned before, WrestleMania 31. It's like, holy shit, it's been that long. It just blows my mind. That's crazy.
1: Um, The thing about Braun, and, and this is, and this is what I don't like. And I could be petty. I could be really just like, Oh, you you know you're looking too much into it as as an older fan. But and you might agree with me. When the Braun was when Braun got fired and everything, and that he and he just walked past the, the security guards the security guards, you know, who weren't just doing their job. It's like he just walked right past them and he's fired and you know it's it's a storyline, we get it. But Graham, the the announcers they just played it off as if it was just an angle. It was like, oh, Braun Strowman got fired. Anyway, coming up next, we have, and it's like, if that was JR, and I I hate going back to this, if that was JR, Jerry Lawler, it would have been like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Stone Cold was fired. What is he going to do now? Braun Braun wasn't even arrested for doing all that stuff. The the announcers just played it off as if it was... like, it, like nothing happened, hey, you just don't get that, you know, you, one, you don't make me believe at home that he's really fired because you just played it off as if nothing happened. And I, I know I'm not the only one that's that heard it, that noticed it, but something like that, Graham, you know Braun's not really fired, but at least give me some, some suspension of disbelief that he might be because if your announcers tell me and the casual fan oh, wow, this guy might really be fired. Then it's like, all right, I might watch the rest of of, of, of Raw to see what really happens. But, you know, Corey Graves and Booker and, and Michael Cole did not give off that that reaction that the, the casual fan at home would believe that Braun Strowman was really fired.
0: I completely agree. I mean, when you watch back that special that Corey Graves and Peter Rosenberg did this past week of the top 25 25- Greatest moments in Raw history, mm-hmm. according to the fan voting. I'm sure we'll discuss that soon enough. But yeah. a lot of those moments you remember is because of the calls.
2: Exactly. People
0: like Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Like, when you had the, the beer bash in the middle of the ring, which won the first slot, the first spot mm-hmm. on that um, top 25 list of WWE greatest Raw moments, um, you remember the call of Jim Ross. Like, oh, he's spraying him with beer. Yep. Or when, you know, um, when he hit the first stunner. On Mr. McMahon back in 1997, you remember the call? Like, oh, Mr. McMahon's down, or Vince is down, whatever. Stunner, or whatever, the Vince McMahon, like whatever it was from Jim Ross. You remember the call, or like when he attacked Vince McMahon. All the, all the moments I'm talking about here involve Stone Cold, but it's like that's when commentary was at its peak.
2: Exactly. obviously
0: JR was involved in many more moments after that. Like when Batista turned on Triple H to, um, it, to split up Evolution back in 2005, I remember the call of Jim Ross making a huge deal about it. And it felt like a major happening. Nowadays, other than like maybe when Brock Lesnar came back to the company in 2012 and the commentators were like going nuts about that. Beyond that, I cannot recall one huge moment from the last five to 10 years that I that, that a Michael Cole call was attached to. Like, can you remember what was said when like AJ Styles debuted? I couldn't. Um, like, could you remember what happened when... Kevin Owens won the Universal Championship on Raw a few years ago. No. I couldn't like. There's a lot of stuff that that's gone down that the commentators just it, they treat it like a, an everyday thing. They don't make a big deal about it. There's no emotion there. Like if they don't care about the moment, then why should I? Which is why I feel like a lot of people not that it's solely the commentators' fault, but I feel like a lot of people lose interest in wrestling. They don't take it seriously because the commentators don't take it seriously. Exactly. Now the commentary isn't as bad as it used to be, like during the days of like heel Michael Cole and shit like that, but. Um, you you have all these big moments like we saw on Raw this week, as you said, Randy, with Braun getting fired, and it's like, oh, he's fired, whatever. This is normal. Yeah. No, it's not. Like treat it like a big deal, and exactly. otherwise, I, I you know, in that case, I'll take it more seriously. That's a big reason why people do not take stuff seriously in WWE today because the commentators don't treat it like a big deal.
1: Yeah, like you know, real quick, just imagine watching that 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 Viking Saint game on Sunday. Joe Buck saying. Uh, on the final play of the game, on a walk-off touchdown. Oh wow! Touchdown Vikings! All right, see you next week. Like you, you know, you, exactly. you you gotta make me at home, whether I'm a fan or I'm just flipping the channel. It's like, and I, and and I, I don't I don't know why. I maybe they're supposed to just you know forget that segment and keep it moving, keep it going. But it's like you gotta you gotta make me believe that this is that this is real. And I think that right there was a, a, a part where I'm like, all right, Braun's going to get rehired at some point tonight. I, I didn't even see how he got rehired from Stephanie. I heard it was a phone call to Kurt and whatever his case may be. But again, it's like Stephanie undermining Kurt Angle and we don't know how long that's going to last with Kurt Angle being a GM. But uh, I just felt like um, the moment was could have been a lot more memorable if they would have made me feel like it was real. Um also, before SmackDown, also on Raw, they mentioned Goldberg is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Well-deserved. Uh, we, 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 I guess we kind of figured he would be in the Hall of Fame soon after his last championship run last year that ended at WrestleMania. Um, I think not, not, not a big surprise, not a big shock that he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he'll be the headliner for the Hall of Fame. But, um, I mean, what else can you say about Goldberg? Uh, he, he's a bona fide Hall of Famer. We'll see him in, in, in April. But, um, you know, I, I'm glad he had one more run last year. And um, anybody who who debates it <laughs> being a Hall of Famer, you know, <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about.
0: No, I agree. I mean, he is absolutely a bona fide WWE Hall of Famer. I mean, for those who say and have heard the argument before, oh, we did nothing in WWE. Yeah. WWE doesn't count. It's like. In my opinion, this is not a fact by any stretch, but the WWE Hall of Fame considers whatever they did in companies that the company owns, that WWE owns, that, to me, counts for the WWE Hall of Fame. Like sting. The guy did nothing in WWE except for lose to Triple H or WrestleMania, but yeah. the guy had an iconic career in WCW, which is owned and acknowledged by the WWE. It's not a wrestling Hall of Fame. They don't acknowledge companies like TNA and shit mm. like that. <laughs> for the most part, they both, you know, You know, they own it, they'll consider it and acknowledge it. So, Goldberg, no difference. Um, And also in WWE, too. I mean, not only in WCW. I mean, his first run in WWE wasn't the most amazing run, but he is a former World Heavyweight Champion. He was Universal Champion for about a month last year. And by all accounts, the run was great. They gave him the run in 2016 that they should have gave him in 2003, um, the run that he had last year, I know a lot of people, myself included, weren't happy with the fact they were giving the championship to a part-timer and he didn't take any really bumps at all for the most part. But that match of Brock at WrestleMania was the best way for him to go out. That match, I still say today, was one of the better matches of WrestleMania 33. It was as perfect as it could have been. And the feud is really, really well done. They built it up. I mean, again, I still don't agree with. With, with Goldberg beating Brock at Survivor Series and ending his undefeated streak. But mm. for what it was, all things considered, it was a hot run. And uh, just overall, a very worthy WWE Hall of Famer. I'm not sure who's going to induct him yet. That has not yet been confirmed. Mm-hmm. I assume it will either be Eric Bischoff or a Diamond Dallas Page. But I assume this was going to happen last year before he re-signed for more matches. So it was an expected move. Nothing shocking about this at all. But it is a big name to headline the 2018 class for the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: It's amazing how fans got mad at Goldberg winning the title because he's a part-timer, but then your current Universal Champion is a part-timer.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've had part-timers <laughs> as a champion for years now. I mean, really, this goes back to, I mean, I've said this before, but how many years can we go with a part-timer going into WrestleMania as the world champion? Brock Lesnar this year, Goldberg last year, the year before that, Triple H, mm-hmm. the year before that, Brock Lesnar. The year before that, we had, not as the champion, but Batista going for the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, the year before that, The Rock. The year before that, we had uh, multiple main events with, with The Rock going, and he was a part-timer going on in the main event with, with John Cena. So we've had a part-timer in the main event of, of WrestleMania for the better part of the last five or six years. This year is no mm-hmm. different, but that's an issue WWE needs to address at some point. That's another story for another day,
1: though. <laughs> um. Again, speaking of rushing our segments and angles and you know whatever, um, they uh, last night on SmackDown they had the U.S. title uh, final four that we just thought it was gonna be the final four the uh, matches with uh well, Xavier Woods against Jinder and Bobby Roode against Mojo Raleigh. they were the final four and then ultimately we we had the ch- the, the finals. of of the U.S. title tournament on SmackDown last night. Daniel Bryan said, oh, you know, know, we'll do this now. And it was like, all right, so one, I I heard they they took it off the Royal Rumble and then put it on for the go-home show of SmackDown. Now they moved it up another week to have it done last night. Bobby Roode is now the new U.S. champion. I'm not sure if many people care about that. uh, But the breakdown of... Um, it being off the rumble or it being not as important to be on the you know the entire rumble card, then not being on the go home show, not being important to be on the go home show, but now you have three U.S. title related matches on one card. We did not see a whole bunch of SmackDown people on SmackDown last night. Um, one, uh, I guess we all had gender winning to to some degree, but that's not the case. Two, Bobby Roode is now the U.S. champion. But are you kind of surprised they rushed the finals two weeks ahead of time as opposed to the Rumble and the go-home show? And are you even ecstatic that Bobby Roode is the the new U.S. champion at, at, at this point?
0: Yeah, I wasn't surprised. um, I figured they would hold the finals next week as was initially announced on SmackDown last night. I mean, I said right here on the show last week where I did figure they would bump some matches because as it currently stands, I don't have the card right in front of me. Um, We have the two world title matches, Mm -hmm. two tag team title matches, the two Rumble matches, and a Cruiserweight Championship match. That's seven matches right there. And for a normal pay-per-view card, that would be perfect. But this is the Royal Rumble. We have two Rumble matches, which usually take up to an hour. The women's will probably go a lot shorter than that. Um, But it could go upwards of, you know, 45 minutes up to an hour if they wanted it to. So that's half the show right there. They can't have nearly as many as seven matches. They were going to have eight if they didn't move that U.S. championship match. And I still assume the Cruiserweight Championship match or one of the tag title matches will be moved to the kickoff show. So that being said, I was not disappointed or upset or even shocked. They moved the finals with the U.S. title tourney to SmackDown last night. and That's where it belonged. Because the finals, Bobby Roode and Jinder, the match really wasn't that good. I'm happy Bobby Roode won. Um, I think he's a way better fit for that role right now than, than Jinder Mahal, who we saw as the menacing foreign heel champion for the WWE championship for a long time last year. I'm good I'm good with a break for that for right now. I think Bobby Roode as mid-card champion is a perfect role for the guy. He should be a heel. There's no doubt about that. But... Mm-hmm. He's been floundering for the better part of the past four or five months. So, giving him a championship to sink his teeth into in the ring, promo wise, I think is perfect. Um, I don't really care about the end result of a Bobby Roode Dolph Ziggler feud part five. But, you know, for right now, I think giving the guy a championship is cool. The, the, The same guy who once reigned as a TNA World Champion, now a champion in WWE alongside AJ Styles on SmackDown, I think that's pretty cool. And I think he's a great um a great competitor all around from an in-ring and promo standpoint. He has only really scratched the surface in terms of what he's capable of as a babyface, he's just really not that interesting at all. Um but I like the move and I'm glad they bumped the match from the Rumble pay-per-view to Smackdown because they really had no business being in the Rumble show at all to begin with.
1: Uh two things, so you mean to tell me that the Cruiserweight Championship is is more being viewed as more important to be on the Rumble card than the U.S. title, right?
0: Yeah.
1: That's, that's the way they're portraying just,
0: it. I mean, it should be. I mean, it, it, it was the center focus of SmackDown last night. I like that, but mm-hmm. then again, none of the matches they had on SmackDown with Jinder and Xavier and Mojo and Rude and then Rude and Maul, none of them were really that good. Um, I don't know if Enzo and Alexander is going to be any better. Mm. But like I said, I think they'll probably <clears throat> bump that to the kickoff show. And they'll put, they will they, they might have done this because they're going to be putting Root and Mahal in the Rumble match. So they don't want him on the same show or like wrestling earlier on in the evening. So right. I assume that's why they did it. So they'll probably have him in the Rumble match itself.
1: What do we do? Where do we go with Dolph Ziggler? Um, he's one name that we have not even mentioned when it comes to the Royal Rumble. Um, from what I see right now of who's in the, who's in the rumble right now, he's not in it, but I, I'm going to assume he's going to be in the rumble. Um, he's no longer us champion. We all know that we haven't seen him in a couple weeks, um, since the last pay-per-view or last network show, you want to call it. Um, what, what's the, what's the, what's the angle for Dolph Ziggler coming back? I doubt It'll be for the U.S. title. I, I think you know that'll defeat the purpose of him leaving anyway and leaving the belt in the ring anyway. Um, I, a, a dark horse to win the Royal Rumble? How you know? I I, I gotta ask you. Like Dolph Ziggler, uh, we're tired of him seeing him as Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champion. Maybe that next step is to, is to be in the Rumble and maybe shock the world and win it, in you know main event WrestleMania against AJ Styles, which I don't think would be a, a a a bad match. Um, where do we go from Ziggler? Where do we go with with Ziggler uh, going forward?
0: Again, like I said, I assume he comes back to vie for the United States Championship, but again, how much sense? Would, first of all, how much sense would that make? Because the guy <laughs> does not even care about the United States Championship. The fact he left. Yeah. The reason he left in storyline is because he does not care about the United States Championship, which, first of all, is a bad sign. If Dolph Ziggler doesn't care about that belt, why should we? first of all? Second of all, True. why would he come back to go for the championship that he, that he willingly gave up in the first place? It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense to do that. And in addition to the fact, like, like I said earlier, you've seen Rudin Ziggler a million times before. So I don't really want to see that. I think it would be just no one would care. Um, the matches would be fine. Their matches late last year were okay, but no one was clamoring for a rematch. Um, where else do you go with Ziggler if he's not in the U.S. title picture? The main event scene—been there, done that. The guy's never going to win another world championship. That's been fairly evident for years now. It's been five years. We talked about it's been three years since the Curve stomp was banned. It's been five years, Randy, since the guy cashed in the Money the Bank briefcase and became world heavyweight champion. If he hasn't been world champion since? He's never going to be world champion again. The many start-and-stop pushes of Dolph Ziggler have prevented him from ever getting beyond a certain level ever again, at least in this company, until he leaves. In a perfect world, I would say just leave and go elsewhere and then come back in a few years, but they probably will bring him back in some capacity at some point. In what capacity, that's unknown, like you said. Um, I just really could not care less about the guy and the U.S. title picture, main event picture, tag team title picture, who the fucking possibly care? Because the guy was a loser before he left, and then when he finally won a match, he, he quit. So, okay, like from a storyline standpoint, why should I give a shit about this guy?
1: Well, to play advocate and, and, and to and to defend Dolph, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but in that in that first title run, wasn't he or didn't he get injured during that title run where he had to like? I guess, give it up or he had to lose it real quick because of an injury?
0: Yes. He got a concussion. But, again, like, first of all, they, they took the championship off of him. And it wasn't his fault. I'm not saying he was, he was terrible or whatever and he didn't deserve another shot. Like, they could have put the championship back on him. And they didn't. Like, I, we talked about it a few years ago. Like, he got that shot at SummerSlam, I think, against Dean Ambrose. He didn't win then. If he wasn't going to win the championship then, he'll probably never win the belt again. Um, so I think the guy is good enough, but we've been there, done that with Ziggler so many times that people just stopped caring and getting behind him years ago.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Maybe I, I just like messing with you because it, that, that's what I like to do. Uh, but yeah. like, <laughs> but I'm just saying, Dolph Ziggler, Royal Rumble. Let's just let, let speak hypothetically. Let, let's have fun here. Dolph Ziggler, Royal Rumble. If he's in it and you, you start seeing him in the final 10, final eight, final six, final four, in your mind, you're thinking like, man, Dolph Ziggler might just pull this one out and win the Rumble. I'm not saying he's the favorite or whatever, but again, I'm always looking for somebody new to be in this Rumble match to kind of take it away from you know, even the reigns of the world and Nakamura's and Ballads, like who else can win this? Plus, the fact that the chamber pay per view or chamber network show is for Raw. So, automatically, me, you, and everybody else is thinking somebody from SmackDown again is going to win the Royal Rumble. Now, when you look on SmackDown and their roster, it's like, okay, Nakamura, it's Bobby Roode, it's all these guys. But then Dolph Ziggler, who has not been around. For, for a couple of weeks or maybe a month, could be in the rumble and could win it. And you as a fan and someone who covers this uh for a living, it wouldn't be the, the worst idea to have Dolph Ziggler main or not, not you know main event, but like being the main event match for the title against AJ Styles now, would it?
0: Yeah, man. I think that time is coming gone. I think it's come and gone. If they were going to do that match, they should have done it a while ago. Like, I know that they did the match, like, about a year or so ago on SmackDown. They worked well together. I'm not saying the guy is not a good wrestler. He's a great wrestler. But the issue is that WWE has given us no reason to care about it. It's, like, essentially the equivalent of pushing Zack a main event threat in 2018. The time has come and gone. If they wanted to push these people, they should have done it years ago. At this point, we've seen them get pushed and then they lose the match, and they keep on losing and losing and losing, and then they get a push out of nowhere, and then they go back to being a loser. So like there's no, no consistency with these people. They have to start focusing on people they have not yet pushed mm-hmm. or people that still have potential. With Dolph Ziggler, again, I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler, but it's just the fact that we've been there before with him, and he's lost every single time. So why should people invest in him as a potential world title challenger when we know he's probably going to lose, like that's the biggest issue at this right now, which is why I feel like he needs to leave and come back at some point, like a Drew McIntyre. Like that guy was going fucking nowhere before he left the company, or before he got cut from the company a few years ago. Um, he's got a, you know, he's got to leave Dolph Ziggler and then come back at some point down the road when we have a renewed interest in a push for Dolph Ziggler and Deputy. All
1: right. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess we'll see. But I think the bottom line is if you give up the U.S. title in the ring, why would you come back and fight for the U.S. title again? That's the part that I, that I guess we both won't understand until he does come back. Because I think if if he does come back, he, he, he's going to want the world title. He, he he don't want a tag title. He don't want the Andre the Giant battle royal trophy he don't want the u.s title he, he he wants the world title and i think the only way he gets that if he wins if he wins the royal rumble so again I, would i be happy with it it'll be it'll be someone who i you know would not expect it we've seen sheamus and the del rios of the world win this royal rumble match and we were like oh okay let's see where it goes but then we've seen the the, the, the the old guys, the the Hunters and, and the Randy Orton, the Batistas and Reigns. He's not old, but I'm saying, but, like, I think Dolph Ziggler can be a dark horse in this Rumble match if he's in it. Because if he comes back, what else is there for him to do than being world champion? So that's my only, that's, that's my little conspiracy theory when it comes to Dolph Ziggler. Um... Nothing else on SmackDown, right? I think, like, only four people fought.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, the only real things that happened on SmackDown was the U.S. title tourney concluding and the women's match, which was completely inconsequential. So, yeah, nothing else happened.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> so, so we go, let, let's just wrap it up. Um, real quick, um, next week is the 25th anniversary of Raw. Um let me pause on that real quick. It, this whole Roman Reigns thing, as it pertains to him, the company now with the Rumble going out, going, coming up and this whole steroid story that, that's out there. I don't, I don't know too much about it. I did not mention to you that I, I, I was going to bring it up, but um, I don't know if this story has a, a, any legs to it. I'm not a reporter. I'm just a fan. So um, what have you heard? Is it, is it any merit to this story? Uh, about Roman Reigns being linked to this steroid guy.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, man. I really don't know too much about it. I know Bleacher broke the story, um, and that was on Tuesday night, or, or yeah, Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. So um, it's been a full day since it happened, since the news broke, and we still don't know any more now than we did 24 hours ago. So I'm not really sure. Um, I guess it's a wait and see approach. I think Mark Wahlberg's name is also associated with this whole scandal thing. So, how so much truth there is to it, um, I'm not sure. I don't think it's true. Um, I know I, we were going back and forth about it um, in text last night with Mark. Seeing is believing for me, anyway. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think it's the case. I know people get excited about, oh, if Roman gets suspended, there's no WrestleMania meet event. Listen. Vince McMahon has been building to this WrestleMania main event for fucking over a year now. There is no way that we're not getting Roman and Brock in the main event of WrestleMania 34. It's happening. People got to deal with it. Maybe this guy, this, this drug lord, doesn't want Roman and Brock at WrestleMania, which is why he had his name linked to it. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know what's going on here. We're getting Roman and Brock at WrestleMania, whether people like it or not. They're going to have to deal with it. Um <laughs> in all seriousness, though. I'm not sure what's going on here. We'll find out more soon, I'm sure. Um, it's, uh, WWE and Roman, uh, respectively, have not commented on the matter. Mm. And if it wasn't true, they would come forward and say it wasn't. But just right. because they haven't said anything doesn't mean it is true. So, again, no one really knows what the fuck's going on right now. Maybe they're investigating it. I'm sure it's not true. But um, we'll see. There, there's a slight chance it could be. I don't think it is. And if it is true, it could have major repercussions for WrestleMania. But I think in my heart of hearts, no matter what, we're still getting Roman and Brock in the main event of WrestleMania 34.
1: Well, maybe this doctor is a big IWC fan, so he he, he wants Roman completely out, out the picture at WrestleMania.
0: Maybe. Maybe this guy <laughs> is... Uh, Maybe he's all for uh, Roman, you know, getting off of WrestleMania.
1: We'll get yeah. Brock and somebody else. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I guess we'll find out soon. Well, I, I need Roman to be available because, you know, now he's he, he's my number one pick for the Rumble. John Cena is, is my number two, and j- j- just to piss you off, Dolph Ziggler is my number three pick to win the Rumble. So I need all 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 of them to be available that night. <laughs> uh.
0: That's oh, right. Randy, you're such a troll.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, you and Mark trolled me last week with this whole NWO Bullet Club stuff. So hey, it, it, you know shit happened.
0: Hey, good point. Good point. I think you you were owed one. You're absolutely right. Um,
1: rewinding back to what I said. Uh, next week is 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 the Raw 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, um, show. I gotta ask you now. If you give me a second, now they they were advertising all of these legends to come back, which you know it's gonna make me feel old. And um, Stone Cold, Taker, DX, Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, The Dudleys, Ric Flair, Scott Hawk. uh I it was Kevin Nash, but I, I think he just said like an hour ago he won't be able to, to to make it, but we'll see. Eric Bischoff, the New Age Outlaws, Chris Jericho coming from Wrestle Kingdom in Japan. Now he gets to go and do whatever he wants. Uh, Chris Jericho, JBL, Ron Simmons, the Godfather, Brother Love. The Boogeyman, I, mean, I could do without him. Teddy Long, the Million Dollar Man, John Laurinaitis, Sergeant Slaughter, the Bella Twins, uh, Jacqueline, Terry Runnels, Tori Wilson, Maria Canellis Michelle McCool, and Kelly Kelly, all the ones that are, are you know have been advertised. I don't, I don't see the Rock's name on it. You know we'll see Hulk Hogan. We don't know, but. Um, if it's just these people, then it's it's a, it's a pretty good you know pretty damn good lineup, uh very very nostalgic lineup. Um, I want to ask you with these people coming back and we and we don't know to what degree they're gonna be you know, angles or promos or backstage stuff. Um, do you kind of fear that it's going to overshadow the current new guys where? whatever they do people are going to automatically be like hey listen you see this is how it should be done this is how a promo should be done because when stone cold is out there or takers out there they just they 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 take the crowd and make you listen and they're going to do things that the current product can't do are you kind of worried about that or you, you just feel like they they're going to try to enhance the current product
0: I mean, I hope it's the latter. Um, you make a great point, though. I mean, it's not their fault, but it's not like when they come on the show. It's not like when they come on the show, it's their intent to make everyone else look bad, mm-hmm. make, you know, Roman Reigns look bad. But when they're on the show, and I love these anniversary shows, don't get me wrong. I love the returns. I'll be there on Monday. I'm super excited for it. Oh, nice. But it does make the the, the, the current roster look, you know, inferior. In, in retrospect like in comparison it's like wow we get this great stone gold promo roman reigns really sucks they're like you know <laughs> um, you know what i mean it doesn't have, i'm singling out roman Reigns, but it's like wow we get all these great returns i love the legends it really just kind of reminds me how much the current product sucks and i don't mean that for me personally mm-hmm. um but i think a lot of people when they watch these shows you know, Randy, there's a lot of people out there who say, "Oh, the Attitude Era is the best era of all time." And I'm not disagreeing with those people, nor am I agreeing with them. But it's like this is not really, you know, a dispute that case at all. When you bring back these people, there's a reason they're bringing back people like this. It's because their current roster can't really draw high ratings. Now, yeah. I know the raw rating this week was higher than it's been in like two months, right. but it's like it's not the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? No. And bringing back these people only furthers those furthers that fire. adds further fuel to the fire that it's like, oh, it's all about the Attitude air people because the Attitude air is the greatest there of all time. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, when you bring back Stone Cold Steve Austin for these anniversary shows. So. Again, that being said, I'm excited for it. Um, I'd be pissed that they didn't bring back those people because it is Raw 25 after all. But like people have said before, it's like putting a fucking Band-Aid on a gunshot wound when you bring back people like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin to pop a rating, they won't be there the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that in bringing back all these big names, they bring back some old fans in the process, and the, and the fans can see what the current product is like and uh, maybe how lifeless it is compared to the, you know, the product of old and the attitude there, but they can also hang on to the, the good stuff from the show. People like a Samoa Joe or The Miz or a Braun Strowman and see that there are people on the show today that are worth watching, much like a stone-cold Steve Austin was 20 years ago. Um, but bottom line, though, I am looking forward to it. I'm excited. And I, I do want to mention this real quick. I was reading about this as soon as you started off on the on the Raw 25 segment, mm-hmm. that Roman did respond uh, to the scandal. I literally just read it a minute ago, saying that he has no idea who this guy is. Basically, he told PW Insider, I believe. So just wanted to issue an update because he did – um, issue a statement to PW Insider saying that he does not know who this drug dealer is and that he has no idea what's going on. He made a mistake a few years ago. This is uh, the suspension of the wellness policy. He's has since learned from his mistake, and that's it. So I wanted to update you on that as well.
1: Hey, man, I believe him. Let's go, Roman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Roman for Rumble. That's going to be uh, a right.
1: Um, Since you're going to be there... um. Are there certain things that you that you wish would happen, not as a fan, but you know that, that can elevate the product going forward? Like, it, it, do you feel like you know if they don't do X, Y, Z, it'll be a missed opportunity? Because I I, I do want to ask you how crucial is this show going forward, not just a one-off anniversary kind of thing, and we get the whole nostalgia pop, but how crucial is it going forward for the following week and leading into into the Rumble? For me. If they don't do any segment with 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 Braun and Stone Cold together, it's a missed opportunity. If they don't do something where you know you kind of you kind of set up Taker's WrestleMania opponent, if he does fight at WrestleMania, if you don't do that, it's a missed opportunity. Um, what else? Maybe aside from that. Um, what can be a missed opportunity in your mind with all these legends coming back and how crucial is Raw
0: 25? So, again, I think it's a huge opportunity for the people that will be turning into Raw, tuning into Raw for the first time in a while because they see all these legends coming back and they want to see what all the buzz is about. They have no idea there's a pay-per-view on Sunday. To me, looking at the bigger picture... They got to sell me in the Rumble pay per view. I'll be there. So, again, maybe not me personally because I'm excited no matter what. Mm. But, like, up to this point, the build for the Rumble has been abysmal at best. Like, the, the build for the main match is on the card, has barely been there. Is anyone really excited for a handicapped WWE Championship match? Not really. Brock Kane and Braun? Braun's a star, but the match itself won't be a fucking masterpiece. And the two Rumble matches. You know, the same thing every single year. This person says, I'm going to win it. They're going to win it. We're all going to win. And that's, that's really about it. Like, there's no real stories being told. So they got to sell me in the fucking rumble. Now I was talking to someone about this earlier today. What they could do to get the best of both worlds. With the women, for example. Okay, we already know Trish Stratus is going to be on the show. As she should be. She was a huge part of Raw mm. in the last five years. So you have Trish come out and interact maybe with, like, Alexa Bliss who gets compared to Trish all the time anyway. And then Trish says, I'll be in the Women's Royal Rumble this Sunday, and I'm going to win it and go on to WrestleMania to face you for that championship. And maybe she lays down Alexa with the uh, Trish DDT or whatever it was, the Stratus right. So Not only do you get Trish on the show, and it's like it's cool to see her interact with a current superstar, but you make people want to watch the pay-per-view that Sunday. It's like, holy shit, Trish is going to be in it. This is a must-see match now. I need to see this match. So, I I think you really get the best of both worlds there. Not to say that you should do that with every match. Like, Stone Cold's going to say he's going to be in the men's Royal Rumble match. (laughs) Stone Cold goes out there. (laughs) We can only dream. But, um, you know, maybe Stone Cold goes out there and says, Braun, I want you to win the Universal Championship match this Sunday. Like, he endorses Braun Strowman. Like, that would be a very effective way to get over the current roster. You get the big pop at Stone Cold, but he also puts over guys in the current roster things they should not be doing. Having the Revival get fucking jobbed out by, like, the APA or some shit like that. Like, when they won their match on Raw this week and cut that post-match promo about how they're pro wrestlers, it was great and all, but it brought back terrible memories of when the Ascension did the same thing a few years ago, and they got, like, legit buried by the APA and the fucking New Age Outlaws and all these other tag teams. And the Ascension were never the same after that. They were jobbers from that point forward and never recovered. I do not want to see the same thing happen to the Revival. Have the Revival in there with the Dudley Boys. Do a match. Have the Revival win. Like, I'm not saying you have to have all the legends put over on the current talent. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't have some fun here and there with, like, a fucking Woke and Matt Hardy boogeyman segment backstage. If you want to do that, that's cute. That's fine. But you also got to put over the current talent, too, because otherwise, this show serves no purpose other than creating a few decent moments. Like you said, Randy, why not do something to set up a Cena-Taker match on this show? All eyes are on Raw 25. This is right. the stage for WrestleMania 34. Why wouldn't you do something with John Cena and Taker if that's the match we're getting at WrestleMania? Why wouldn't you plant the seeds for that match on this show? This is what's going to get people excited for WrestleMania. Those people that are coming back for one night only, maybe they see the tease for Cena-Taker, and that's what makes them tune into WrestleMania 34. So, again... I completely agree, Randy. I think the show is super crucial in selling people on the current product, the Rumble pay-per-view, WrestleMania, and everything else in between.
1: What's the likelihood that we see The Rock and or Hulk Hogan on Monday?
0: That's a great question. Um, I made a list the other day of people I want to see on Raw 25. Both guys are on my list. I have yet to see Rock. War Hogan in person at a WWE show, so Mm. I really want to see both the guys on the show. Rock, it's weird. Um, Rock played a pretty big role at Raw 1000 a few years ago, and he is nowhere to be seen so far. He's not being advertised for Raw 25. Um, With Edge, you know, he won't be there because he has some sort of, like, uh, conflict, like he's going to be out of the country or something. Uh. The Rock, he has not outright said that he won't be there. So it gives me hope that he might make a surprise appearance. Like I know he's busy with movies and stuff, but if they want him to appear for a big show like Raw One Thousand or Raw Twenty Five, excuse me, they'll have him go out of his way to appear, or he'll go out of his way to appear if he wants to. And I feel like he might. So much bigger chance of Rock showing up than Hulk Hogan. Um, I know Hogan went on Twitter on Monday saying that he won't be there, but it's Hulk fucking Hogan. The guy lies all the time, <laughs> bullshitter the biggest bullshitter in the, in the pro wrestling industry, and if he was going to be there, he wasn't going to, he's not going to say it on Twitter, like, oh, I'll be at Raw 25. Exactly. Like, Keep a surprise, because they haven't seen him on TV in three years, you know, so th- there's a decent chance. I know you said earlier that Kevin Nash won't be there, um, so I was hoping for an NWO reunion, but there's no reason you can't bring back all i from one night, and again, Hogan was never a huge part of Raw. The guy left in 93 when Raw first started, uh, but you know, he's had some memorable moments on the show over the years, and he's been a huge part of WWE success over the last 50, 60 years. So um, I think having him come back at Raw in 25 would be as good of a time as ever to bring back Hulk Hogan into the fold of the WWE.
1: And last one I got for you before I let you go, um, they did the, the Raw 25 moments um, on both the network and USA yesterday. Uh, one, did you get a chance to see the show? I did, yep. Okay, so now, how much of the top 25 moments of Raw do you agree with? and disagree with, or feel like should not even be in the top 25, or shocked to see in the top 25.
0: (laughs) So I will say this, that with this countdown, people got to remember, oh, this is bullshit, or this makes a lot of sense, blah, blah, blah. Whether you agree or disagree with it, people got to remember, it's all fan voting. WWE, I mean, they made the moments, they put the moments in there, like there were a few moments that could have been included. Um, I know there was one moment, I was thinking of earlier, that was not included, but like, Like I said earlier, Batista turning on Triple H on Mm -hmm. Raw, right before WrestleMania 21, that's a pretty big moment. Right. Or Evolution, Evolution turning on Randy orton that's a big moment. Neither of those moments were included in the top 25, so I'm not sure why, but they weren't. Um, All things considered, I thought this was a good list. I was actually really surprised that WWE chose to go with what what the fans selected as number two with the CM Punk pipe bomb. Now it deserves to be... At least in top five, maybe number two that might be a, a bit high. Um, but it's, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that because it was a pretty big moment in Raw history. Mm. Um, that being said, I mean, WWE, if they wanted to, did not even have to, A, include it, or B, put it as high as number two. Right. That was pretty surprising given their current relationship with uh, CM Punk. Um, that being said, the beer bash, in number one, can't really argue with that. It was one of, if not the biggest moment in Raw history. Um, the Mankind winning the WWE Championship moment... I'm thinking, I have the entire list right in front of me right now. I think that was number nine. That should be number three. That's a huge moment in Raw history from 99. Not sure why that wasn't higher. Hmm. Roman Reigns' promo from then after WrestleMania, cool moment. That's not number six. That's no, not no numbers. way. I'm no not sure way. why the fuck that was as high as the one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not
0: number six. That might not even be top 25. That was a great moment, but it was not even yeah, close to top six. 10. Not, maybe not even top 25. Um, yeah, there were a few other things, like Mike Tyson arriving on Raw, that was fucking Best 21, Rock, This Is Your Life, that was 20! That's top, that's top five, easy. Easy, the one highest ratings in Raw history, that should not be 20 under fucking, what was it, um, there were a few moments, like the, the Shield portrayal, great moment, number seven, eh, a bit too high. Um, The Jeff Hardy Swanson, great moment. Or Shane returning. Shane returning a few years ago. Amazing moment. Not number 14 over Mike Tyson uh, arriving on Raw at 21. Like, there were a few things. Or, like, Shane McMahon buying WCW. That was not number 22 material. That should be a lot higher
2: than what it
0: was. But, again, it's all fan voting. It's nothing worth getting bent out of shape about. Um, Overall, I thought it was a solid list. Solid special. People can watch it on the network if they want. And above all else, it got me hyped for Raw 25. So there were a lot of great moments, if nothing else, in Raw's history that were relived here in this special <clears> that I thought were uh, very, very enjoyable.
1: All right, let's let's do this. Let's do this game real quick. I, I'm, I'm, we're going to read down all the top 25 moments, and you and you'll you tell me whether you disagree or agree with it. And like, yeah, I agree, it should be top 25, or like, no, it shouldn't be top 25, or it should be higher. Um, 25, Mae Young gets put through a table by the Dudley Boys at 25. Agree or disagree?
0: No, I don't think that's top 25, no. Yeah, me either.
1: Um, uh, uh, X-Pac, one, two, three, kid defeats Razor Ramon, upsets Razor Ramon, 24.
0: Should be way higher.
1: Okay. Uh, McMahon introduces Eric Bischoff as Raw General Manager at 23.
0: Agree, probably should be a little higher.
1: Uh, Shane McMahon takes over WCW Nitro at 22
0: way higher should be way higher
1: Mike Tyson faces off with Stone Cold at 21 which, which, which should be way higher way higher I agree way ho- uh, anyways This Is Your Life With The and Mankind number 20 Way higher. Top five, easy. Definitely. Uh, Wedding crashing game. Uh, Hunter interrupts the the wedding of Tess and uh, uh, Stephanie at number 19. I think
0: that one's perfect right where it is.
1: The Festival of Friendship at 18. Oh, no. Mm,
0: Love this segment. Top 25, yes. Really? I would... Yeah, I would say it's top 25. I would say it's one of the most memorable segments they did on Raw TV in at least the last five or six years. But um, top eight, 18 over the other ones you mentioned, no. I would probably put it a little lower, but I do agree it's top 25. Uh,
1: edge's farewell retirement speech at number 17.
0: I think it's perfect right where it is.
1: Uh this silence is deafening. Triple H interrupts uh, takers return to set up their WrestleMania 27 match at number 16.
0: You know what? I'm surprised they put this over like Shawn Michaels' retirement or Ric Flair's retirement. You know? Those yeah. are way bigger than this. I don't know if I would have included this in top 25.
1: Uh, Bedpan McMahon, 15.
0: Maybe a little bit higher.
1: Shane O'Mac returning at number 14.
0: Way lower.
1: Lower, m- meaning that it should be like in twenty five to twenty.
0: Yes, agree. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah.
1: Uh, the charismatic swanton bomb by Jeff Hardy on Randy Orton at number thirteen. Uh,
0: that should be lower. I think it's top twenty five material, very memorable moment, but should be lower.
1: Um, Degeneration X invades WCW, which I thought was should have been way higher.
0: Way higher. At least top 10, if not top 5.
1: Uh, the return of Brock Lesnar at number 11.
0: Uh, maybe a little lower, but it is top 25. Great moment.
1: John Cena draft lottery, number 10.
0: Kicked off a huge run for him, so at 10, I think it's good at maybe 10, if not a little lower, but I, it's hard to argue with that.
1: Mankind wins the WWE Championship for the, uh, for the first time at number 9.
0: Should be higher.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think just just the fact that Tony Schiavone went on Nitro and said all that stuff about Mick Foley and it really just gave a whole lot of people I think six hundred thousand people switched over to watch Raw and yeah um, the the women's evolution begins that's what they want to call it but Trish Stratus and Lita main event world uh, for for their title main event on Raw number eight.
0: I totally forgot about this. Um, Probably, if it's going to be on there, because it was a pretty memorable historic moment, if it's going to be on there, way lower.
1: Okay. Uh, Seth Rollins turns on the shield at number seven.
0: Good in the 25, maybe top 15. I don't know about top 10, though.
1: It's Roman's Yard now at number six. (laughs)
0: <laughs> way lower, way lower.
1: Yeah, I, I, to me, th- that's not even top 25, but, you know, people can disagree or whatever. Um, Stone Cold stuns McMahon at number five.
0: Perfect at five.
1: Jericho's debut at number four.
0: Perfect at number four.
1: Now, this is where I get upset. How is Occupy Raw above the, the, uh, the debut of Chris Jericho? At number
0: three, yeah this this I know people like review like they remember it as a great moment, and it was a great moment. I, again, dude, I'm gonna I don't even know if it's top twenty five. If it is top twenty five, it's it's easily from twenty to twenty five. It's not number three, not even close. Um, yeah,
1: but but like you said, it's, it's it's the fan voting, and and I think whatever's recent or current, and that's what the re- and, yeah. and, and that's what they remember. If Jericho debut was on on that same list, people probably would not, you know, kind of, you know, recall that, but, um, CM Punk pipe bomb promo number two.
0: Mm, top five, I don't know about number two, but easily top five, I'd say. And
1: Austin's Beer Truck, uh, from 1999
0: at number one. Hard to argue with that, I think it's good at rating number
1: one. I think somebody said on Twitter, like, oh... How how bad does it make does does that make look raw? How di- how bad does that make raw look? That the the top moment in the twenty five year history of Monday Night Raw was from almost twenty years ago.
0: Eh, it does, but at least some of the other ones. I mean, the other ones that were voted on were from the last couple of years, even if they don't deserve to be that high, like the, mm-hmm. the Daniel Bryan thing or the Roman Reigns thing. But um, yeah, it's hard to argue that the greatest raw segment is not that one I and mean, that one is way high up there if not number 1 just because it is one of the most memorable segments in raw history no matter how forgettable the product may be now it is
1: yeah I, I i tend to agree with the austin beer stuff in number 1 um you know hey listen if if you're upset that the, the that number 1 belongs to a a segment from almost 20 years ago then hey <laughs> don't get mad at me because Maybe there that, that, that hasn't been a better segment since then. So don't get mad at the fans. But uh, I think overall, a pretty good solid 25 list. We can agree to disagree all we want. But... um. Graham, always appreciate you coming on. You can follow Graham Matthews on Twitter at Russell Rant. Great work for Russell Rant Radio and Bleacher Report. Uh, If you're a fan fan of the show, go follow us uh, at Russell Rant at Randy J. Cruz on Twitter. SoundCloud.com slash Cruise Control Podcast. This is the Two Out of Three Falls episode. You can download, rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you're real, really a big fan, uh, we got our own two out of three falls shirt now on ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, Graham, again, always appreciate it. I know I'll have you and Mark next week for the Royal Rumble preview.
0: Thanks, Randy. As always, I appreciate it. Look, we're looking forward to having Mark back here on the show to uh, preview the Rumble and hear you say that Roman Reigns will win the Rumble <laughs> again. So I'm looking forward to the uh, the shit show that we'll ensue from that conversation next week. But also looking forward to breaking down Raw 25 next Monday. Should right. Be last. Enjoy it, dude. Thanks, as always, for having me on the show. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Roman, Cena, Ziggler. That's my top three right now. <laughs> I think
0: I think I could hear myself clicking the remote. Actually, I think I could hear myself. I was going to say I'd be watching the show, but I think I could hear myself getting the car ready and leaving the arena from the Royal Rumble next Monday. Just as that's getting started,
1: just imagine Dolph Ziggler having a world title match at WrestleMania main event type, and he comes down with the no music. Uh, It'll be, it'll be beautiful. (laughs) It'll be beautiful.
0: I think I just quit watching wrestling when you said that. Oh, come on, man. Uh,
1: anyway, Grant, thank you, man, and I appreciate it, man. Take it easy.
0: Thanks, Randy. You too. I'll catch you down the road.
2: All right.